TII item 399, July 22nd, 2016, iOS 9.3.3 and iOS 10 Beta 3. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is sponsored by Ring. For a limited time, get $50 off the Ring security kit by going to ring.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Brian for sending in the music here in the background. Brian wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a song called Malaroca. On iOS, I use the apps Nano Studio, iMachine, Notion, GarageBand. Most of the songs started on an iPhone or an iPad and then were brought over to the Mac for finishing touches. On the Mac, I use the app Studio One, Logic, and Notion. You can find more of my music at ReverbNation.com slash TimFate. Regards, Brian. Well, thank you, Brian, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Mike for sending in the artwork for today's show. Mike wrote the following. Hi, Rob. While visiting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I saw this poster and immediately thought of you. Added the text with the Tipic app. That's T-Y-P-I-C. Regards, Mike S. Well, thanks, Mike, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Mike's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 399 and also at Instagram.com slash Today and iOS. And I also have a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today and iOS and other places where my artwork's found. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And um, as I said before in the last few episodes, I'm down on my music, folks. Please send in your music you've created on an iOS device. I know there's some of you out there have a musical bone in your body, so prove it. Send it in. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, it looks like the iPhone 4 might be their Vista, and I'm okay with that. Kevin Turner, Chief Operating Officer, Microsoft, 14th July 2010. Well, Microsoft did sell over 200 million copies of Vista, so really, that's not a bad thing. The iPhone 4 actually sold uh, less than that all time, but not that much less. But the ASPs are much higher, so overall, revenue for Apple was much, much greater. But if you were talking just unit sales, then Mr. Turner was a little optimistic. But we like his spirit. For promo codes on episode 398, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Dungeon Balls, one word. If you are interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to episode 398 at the beginning. This week, we have promo codes for the app Call of Commander, Zombie Island. Not one word. Here is the review from the dev. Quote, Call of Commander meets a zombie, Magic Cube's first zombie game since Infect Them All in 2013. Sometimes humans' greed brings a terrible disaster. Beautiful remote island, Sunshade, there is the Nano Creature Techs Corporation Medical Research Facility that researches extending human life. One morning, Lara, a researcher, runs into a guard on the way to her lab. She says hello to the guard, but he ignores her greeting and then bites her hand. Five hours later, Nano Creature Tech realizes that they've lost control of their facility." Unquote. Well, thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Call of Commander Zombie Island, and for sending in the promo codes for their app to give away. 
folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code of this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put zombie in the subject line. Kind of mentioned this before, and we'll mention it again. If you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. iOS 10 Beta 3 was released on Monday. Actually, Apple released the updated betas for pretty much everything on Monday. But let's talk about iOS 10 Beta 3, as there were some new features. One, first is Touch ID. Previously, in Beta 1 and Beta 2, you needed to press the home screen button to activate Touch ID, but now just resting your finger on it is good enough, assuming you have rest finger to open turned on under accessibility. Two, the lock screen sounds have changed a little. There is also haptic feedback when you lock the device. Three, keyboard sounds that were removed in beta 2 were brought back from the dead in beta 3. So actually they were introduced in beta 1, removed in beta 2, brought back in beta 3. Users can add downloads from Safari Photos and Mail directly to iCloud Drive. Five, for Home App, there is now a section in the Settings app that shows your hubs, which lets you disconnect from one and join another on the go. Six, in the Message app, photos are no longer auto-cropped to a square in the image picker. This lets you see the entire photo before picking it. Seven, in the Music app, playlists now show as, quote, subscribe to, unquote, instead of, quote, added to your library, unquote. Same functionality, just semantics is more accurate. Eight, in the lock screen, on the widgets view, the clock now moves up. There's a big one, big clock, and it moves up to the status bar, not so big, when you scroll down, and that pushes the clock off the screen at the top. So as you're scrolling down, and the clock moves off the top, then the time shows up in the status bar. In the Settings app, there is a new Siri support section to show which apps use Siri and may access your data. Of course, right now, the list is empty, but Apple will eventually be allowing apps to access Siri with iOS 10, so they're ready to go there. 10. All app icons now support 3D Touch, whether or not the developer enabled the Quick Actions feature. A 3D Touch on any icon will allow you to share a link to that app with your peeps. Of course, there are bug squashing and system optimization changes in the Beta 3. So if you had issues with the music, notes, phone apps, or Safari, some of them issues have been put to pasture. And speaking of bugs, AR mode for Pokemon Go is fixed. Now I'll say this, I am not ignoring Pokemon Go. I just am not going out of my way to report on it. If you are a Pokemon Go addict... Not judging, but if you are, and you want to send in feedback about the app or tips or tricks, feel free to do so. Just record those words so you know I don't actually have to read them myself. Just saying. Call 1-206-666-6364. That's 1-206-MOONDOG. Thanks to Chris in London for the heads up on this next one. It is one more thing found in iOS 10 Beta 3, and that is the iOS device, if it's running iOS 10 Beta 3, will warn you if it detects liquid in the lightning socket. 
Of course, you're thinking, you know what is even better than a warning when water is detected in your lightning socket? It's to not even have it matter. And that is one of the biggest rumors around the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, that they will be more water resistant than past iPhones. And well, that and there is no headphone jack to allow water into the device. So those are the two big rumors. But this week was not just about new betas for the next-gen OSs. It was also about Goldmaster releases, too. As in, iOS 9.3.3 was finally released. This is the double dot update with five different betas in the past. So yeah, it was about time. So what is the news features that we did not already cover when talking about one of the many past betas? Well, it seems performance is the big thing with many reporting their iOS device running faster and smoother and better since updating to iOS 9.3.3. It is also bringing at least 26 security patches. We say at least 26 because that's our, all the ones at Apple list, but there could be more. Is 9.3.3 perfect? Nope. There are a few scattered reports of issues, but there seems to be less reports of issues this time around, either because 5 betas actually squashed most of the bugs, or those that update first and complain the loudest already moved on to iOS 10 betas, and 9.3.3 is a distant memory for them. The small number of complaints I saw came around Wi-Fi connection issues not being resolved, and that there are still iPhones that keep restarting and some battery drain issues. But again, a very small number of reports of issues with 9.3.3. If you're running 9.3.2, then it is time to go ahead and update to 9.3.3. But as always, first back up, then force quit all apps, then go in and select reset network settings, and then upgrade. There are some videos out there already showing the iPhones with 9.3.2 versus 9.3.3 for performance tests. And what they found was the boot up was a little bit, very little bit faster on 9.3.2. But launching apps, they were actually the same. The only place 9.3.3 seemed to beat 9.3.2 was when going back to the home screen. So when you were leaving an app and going to the home screen, it seemed a little bit faster on 3.3. So those five betas, yeah, code optimization did not seem to be the big focus or any focus at the end of the day. In addition to 9.3.3 for iOS, there was 9.2.2 for Apple TV that was released. Again, as with any double dot update, it is all about squashing them bugs, man and, well, performance improvements. And really, in this case, that is 100% true, as I did not see any reports of even a single new feature for Apple TV OS or TV OS 9.2.2. Just bug squashing and code optimization. But iOS 9.3.3 and TV OS 9.2.2 were not the only double dot updates this week. There was also Watch OS 2.2.2. And shocker, this double date update seems to be all about you guessed it, squashing bugs and optimizing code. To download the update, go to the Apple Watch app on your iPhone and then in the app to general and software update and tap install. Type in your passcode, accept the terms, and if your Apple Watch has over 50% charge and is on the charging disk, it will start the update process. Probably a good idea to update your Apple Watch as performance enhancements tend to improve battery life in general, that is. And you always want better battery life on your Apple Watch when you can get it. Hi, Rob. This is Luis. I'm calling uh, concerning my testing on iOS 10. 
public beta, number two. Installed yesterday, everything was uh, pretty much running smooth, pretty surprised. It was a beta test for iOS 9 as well, and Promise Monk said not to beta test again. As uh, at that time, things uh, were not so smooth as they are now. But uh, I was pretty surprised with the iOS 10, uh, how stable and how well it works. But uh, I ran into a uh, actually a funny bug concerning a podcast. Uh, it happens uh, regardless which podcast app I'm using. So it can be either Apple's or, or Downcast, which is the one I use. And it's associated to Hey Siri that uh, whenever I'm uh, playing a podcast and uh, Hey Siri is enabled, apparently the microphone will pick up uh, some words that are saying uh, they're said on the podcast and uh, for some reason stops the play- playback. Simply reproduce the problem. It happens always at the same time. And uh, I was looking on your own podcast to give an example, but I uh, just could not find it. And uh, so I'm going to suggest if you want to see that, is uh, to download Apple Talk podcast episode number eight called The Next iPhone. So if you play back uh, that podcast in that uh, one minute and 34 seconds, the stop uh the playback will just stop whenever a sequence of words are said, and then you have to resume it uh, manually. Uh, if you turn off Hey Siri, nothing will happen. Also, if you lower the volume enough or mute it, nothing will happen. I mean, the, the playback won't stop. But if you put the volume up and play back at 1 minute and, 30 sec- and 34 seconds, it will stop again. Also interesting, if you change the language, I have English from United States. If you change to any other language or UK, for example, UK English, saying that this is not going to happen either. So it's quite funny because I thought I thought the the phone would just be listening specifically specifically for the words uh, "Hey Siri," and apparently that's not what happened. I even tried to uh, train uh, my phone with the different voices uh, as my girlfriend to record the Hey Siri to train my phone the Hey Siri so it does not respond to my voice. It works like it's supposed to be. I say Hey Siri and the phone will not uh, respond. But uh, it will stop at 1 minute and uh, 34 seconds at this podcast as well. It's funny, it's picking up those words and uh, the playback stops. And uh, it happens a lot. It depends on what's being said. Just giving you this example at 1 minute and 34 seconds on this Apple Talk uh, podcast, episode 8, if you want to see what I'm talking about. I haven't tested in another iPhone, so I don't know if it's specifically for my iPhone, but I sent the bug report to Apple. Hopefully they will get it fixed. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, I'm surprised the phone is listening. Apparently, it's listening more for more than just Hey Siri. It's listening to us all the time, at least on this uh, beta version now. Okay, so I'll just give my report over here, and uh, thanks for all you do. Bye, have a great day. Well, Luis, I think you set a record for the most times that Hey S-I-R-I was said on this show. And I'm sure more than a few people's devices stopped throughout that segment. So I apologize in advance, or now I guess it's in the rears, for Luis's use of H-A-S-I-R-I. 
Into the email bag we shall go. Hey Rob, just noticed a sponsored app in the App Store for the first time. Ugh. Knew it was coming, but still, it's sad to see. Here's a screenshot from my iPad Pro 9.7 inch. Regards, Eric B. Eric, thanks for sending that in. It is a sad day that iTunes now has sponsored items in the iTunes App Store. Wah, wah, wah. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, love the show. I am an early adopter of CarPlay via the Pioneer AVH-4000 NEX DVD player. I ordered the unit the day it was announced. Unfortunately, I had to wait another year, and almost half a year, for Apple to turn that feature on. Frankly, I'd given up hope it would ever be turned on. Pioneer's own app radio interface is designed by lawyers because anytime you switch between apps, you have to read and approve a disclaimer. The Pioneer software is like crap. So I mostly use the unit for satellite, radio, HD radio, and Bluetooth music. It does a nice job with its own native phone app. A microphone is mounted on your visor. When CarPlay was finally released for third-party radios, the kind you can retrofit into your own car, the Pioneer finally became useful. With each update of iOS CarPlay, it's become more and more usable. The first version was an exciting release because finally I could use that dreamy interface and apps mostly worked. The home button worked like the iPhone home button, except there was no feedback when you pressed the button. That all changed with the next release of iOS. Pressing the home button produced a halo-like white ring around it. You knew you pressed it. The Pioneer AVH 4000NEX connects to the iPhone via Bluetooth, HDMI, 30-pin, USB, and the lightning port. The head unit is detachable and plays DVDs, CDs, and memory cards. One person connects an Apple TV via HDMI port and iPhone hotspot. It has a 7-inch screen. It plays XM Sirius radio with a $50 adapter. HD radio and Pandora Pioneer called it their audio flagship. It doesn't have navigation built in, but CarPlay steps in and does a beautiful job for that. Pioneer did a solid job with its hardware, and CarPlay makes it safe and usable. iOS 9 gives CarPlay a wonderful memory for resuming podcasts, audiobooks, and music from where they left off when the car engine is shut down. iOS 8 gave CarPlay wireless connectivity to car receivers that support that function. The AVH 4100NEX includes Android Auto. The AVH 4200NEX includes wireless connections. That's a feature I wish I had as my lightning plug cable has been replaced twice. It frays with all the attaching and detaching that goes on. Yes, I would buy the Pioneer again. I paid $699 at Crutchfields because they include installation instructions for my Kia Optima and had the proper installation tools and harness. In the end, though, Best Buy did the installation for $110. Love, love your show, Frequent Harry's user, Eric from Woodbridge, Virginia. Eric, thank you for your review of your Pioneer AVH 4000 NEX DVD player. That's definitely on my wish list is to get a CarPlay-enabled stereo system for my car. This podcast is now available in iHeartRadio, and if you are discovering today in iOS... Via iHeartRadio, shoot me an email. Let me know. Today in iOS at gmail.com. Hey, Rob. This is uh, Scott calling from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. I have been kind of interested in the Ring 
home alarm door ring system, the whole ring network. What I what my question is: Does Ring have a Apple TV fourth generation app that when someone rings my doorbell and I'm home from my Apple TV, I can see whoever's ringing the doorbell, or is it that I have to lay in my bed with my cell phone to see who's ringing the doorbell? I'm just wondering, and if that's the case, that it only works through the phone, is there any way you can get in touch with the people from Ring and find out do they have an app coming for the uh, Apple TV or something like that, whereas when I'm home watching TV and the doorbell rings, on my Apple TV, I can see who it is and talk and everything through the Apple TV. So that's kind of like my question. I wanted to know if if uh, Ring or that whole network is designed that way, where it might be coming up in the future and I should go ahead and purchase it now, and that they are working on getting an app for the fourth generation app TV, Apple TV. Just wanted to throw that out to you and see if you can talk to the people at Ring and see if that's a possibility. Thanks. Love the show. Take care. Scott, as far as I know right now, there is not a Ring app in Apple TV. I went and searched on the 4th Gen Apple TV and could not find an app. I have an email into them, and I will find out an answer to your question. We'll talk about it on a future episode. In the meantime, don't hold back on getting a Ring, regardless of whether or not they're going to have an Apple TV app, because the Ring really is cool. And since the last time I talked about the Ring on the show... I was in Chicago and D.C., and it really is nice to see who's at your door and even hear them and then decide if you want to say anything or just watch and make sure they leave. This, as the dad of the house, makes you feel better about your family when you are out traveling for work or in the case when I was in Chicago and my wife, Karen, was with me, but the kids were home with Grandma, feel even better knowing I knew exactly who was at our door at 9 p.m. It was actually a little after 9 p.m., when the doorbell rang. So I could see it was one of our neighbors just letting us know that kids left some stuff outside. But it is not just at night that it makes you feel better. The folks from Ring pointed out that there are home burglaries every 13 seconds, and most happen in broad daylight when a burglar first rings your doorbell to see if you're home. By allowing you to speak to someone, you are not sure who they are. It will scare off those would-be bad guys that have some not-so-good intentions for your house. If you go to ring.com slash TII, that's ring.com slash TII, you will get, for a limited time, $50 off the Ring of Security kit, which includes a video doorbell, a stick-up cam, solar panel, and indoor chime. For a video doorbell, it quickly and easily connects to your wired doorbell wires, the main unit is not something you have to worry about charging if you wire it up. It took me all of 20 minutes, if even that, to remove the old doorbell and replace it with the video doorbell from Ring. And you can also share access to it with others in your house. My wife and son also, oldest son, get access to the doorbell and video. If I can't answer, or even if I do, um, they can answer as well. The Ring doorbell has quickly become one of those accessories you can't see yourself living without ever again, at least from my perspective. Beyond the front door, the stick-up cam can be used to watch other parts of your house and also installs in minutes. Go to ring.com slash TII. That's ring.com slash TII to save 
$50 off either Ring security kits. Thanks, Ring, for sponsoring the show and for just making a general all-around awesomely cool product. We are now over 3,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One of the new posts in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Francisco Tapia on July 20th, who posted the following. Quote, seriously, if I wanted a refurbished iPhone, I would have bought a refurbished iPhone, unquote. And this was in response to an article about Apple facing a class action lawsuit for offering refurbished replacements units under Apple Care Plus. To which Myron Euchre replied, quote, it is common practice for a company to replace used devices with a used but reconditioned device through the warranty process. I don't see what the complaint here is, although I do have to admit that I haven't read the terms and conditions of Apple Care Plus. This is another lawsuit that should be immediately dismissed by a competent judge, unquote. And then Keith Yarrow replied with my thoughts, which are, quote, if refurbished means a new case, a new screen, a new home button, and a new battery, then I'm okay with it, unquote. And then there were other comments about no one can tell or the refurb unit is usually newer and, well, this is how most companies just do it. But, you know, let's pick on Apple, the one with the best customer service out there. Or is it the one with the deepest pockets? Hmm, why are they picking on Apple again? Oh, yeah. Since the last episode, there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Each quarter, the analysts come out and predict Apple will sell this many of this widget and that many of that doohickey. And this is a quarter, and so they're doing it again. And thankfully, the wonderful Philip Elmer DeWitt, now at PED, which stands for Philip Elmer DeWitt, 30.com, so PED30.com, uh, that is his own site, aggregates all of those guesses, um, I mean deep analytics, and shares it with the world. This time, the guesses range from a low of 38 million iPhones sold last quarter to a high of 43 million units sold. Put that in perspective, in the year-ago quarter, Apple sold 47.5 million iPhones. However, the year before that, it was 32.5 million. With an average guess of 40 million, that is a decline year-over-year of 15.6%, if you're a glasses-half-empty kind of person. But if you're a glass-half-full kind of person, then it is an increase of 23% from two years ago for that quarter. Given that iPhones and smartphones in general are on a two-year refresh cycle, maybe looking at things two years ago for the same quarter is a better way of looking at it than one year ago. Just saying. Apple Pay expanded a little this past week. France now has access to the easy and secure payment system from Apple. MasterCard and Visa cards issued from Bank Populaire, Ticket Restaurant, Carrefour Bank, and Casse d'Epargne can now be added to Apple Pay in France. And I totally, totally mangled that name there at the end. Both Boone and Orange were a little late getting on the train. Both are reported to be on that next train to, to Clarksville. Per where Apple Pay is accepted, 
by the merchants. That includes, and excuse me while I totally mutilate these names, Bocage, Le Bon Marché, Corjean, Dior, Louis Vuitton, Fanac, Jean-Luc, Sephora, Flanc, Parcon, Pret, and more. France now joins the United States, the UK, China, Australia, Canada, Switzerland, Singapore, with Apple Pay support, with Hong Kong and Spain coming sometime later in 2016. And guess what? It's later in 2016, so that means Hong Kong has been added. Hey, Apple's not messing around here. In Hong Kong, Apple Pay works with American Express, Visa, and MasterCards from the banks HSBC, Bank of China, Hang Seng, DBS, Ferengi Central Reserve, and Standard Chartered. The Bank of East Asia and HKT will be on the next train to Clarksville. Per merchants in Hong Kong that are accepting Apple Pay, that would be more than three dozen at launch, including 7-Eleven, Manning's Welcome, Jason's Food and Living, Sasa, and Pizza Hut. And I had to go back and check to make sure I read that right, but yes, those are the stores out of Hong Kong, just some of them. App Annie put out a little report that showed how revenue per app looks on iOS versus Android. And the general conclusion was it looks twice as good on iOS than it does on Android. So apps on iOS generated two times the revenue, even though Android apps get two times the downloads. So wait a second here. On a per download basis, iOS apps really generate four times the revenue. And then if you realize there are a lot less devices on iOS variation-wise, there is less time in testing and QA on the iOS side. And if you're getting half the downloads on the iOS side, then you're also spending less than half the time in customer support issues, probably a lot less because you have less variation, so you didn't have to do more testing. So that increases your ROI even more. And guess what? The revenue gap is growing, not shrinking. Because of all of this, when app devs decide they're only going to develop for one of the two platforms... It is of little surprise. It is iOS they choose most often to be the only platform for their app. Or put in the masterful words of a classic thespian, Would thou showest me the money? Thanks to all that sent in this next one, and it goes into the rumor, the big rumor section, and it is that Apple may be looking to buy Formula One. Now in the U.S., we look at this rumor and either yawn or scratch your head. But outside the U.S., Formula One is really, really popular. And if Apple is looking for great content, F1 Racing brings that on a global scale. And, of course, great content on the Apple TV that they would own, that would be key. Others look at this rumor and say, gee, what else could Apple possibly be building that is automotive-related? Oh, I don't know, like maybe an electric car? Apple is probably pumping more money into Project Titan, the rumored name of said electric car from Apple, than they would probably spend buying F1. If it is true, it kind of makes sense. I don't know if it's true or not, um, but it's fun to speculate. And again, there is a lot of reasons, both sense and sense, that this would make if it is true. Remember all those sapphire furnaces that were for sale when GTAT went out of business? I have a theory on who purchased them at a fire sale pricing. That would be Corning. But not to use them, just to keep others from disrupting their Gorilla Glass empire. And an empire that, if rumors are correct, may be getting quite a bit stronger. 
The iPhone 7 is rumored to be launching with Gorilla Glass 5, GG5 for short, which is newer and tougher and stronger and better all around. Supposedly, a phone with GG5 dropped from 1.6 meters has an 80% survival probability versus, well, they didn't give that. But it is assumed to be worse than 80%. The best I could find is that previously with GG4, it was dropped at a mere 1 meter, not the 1.6 meters they're talking about now. Obviously, any improvement is an improvement, but how it would compare to, say, Sapphire Screen originally dreamed up by GTAT before their technical shortcomings doomed that company, we shall never know. Because I really do think Corning purchased up all those Sapphire furnaces and they now are in a warehouse in upstate New York collecting dust. To the email bag. Hi, Rob. Too funny. I always knew the iPhone was the best piece of kit for high-speed, low-drag operators. Sincerely, Mark. And thanks to Mark and many others that sent this one in, which is about the U.S. Army Special Operations Command switching from Android phones to iPhones. This from Military.com. Quote, when trying to run a split screen showing the route and the US UAS feed, the Android smartphone will freeze up and fail to refresh properly and often have to be restarted, a process that wastes valuable minutes, this source said. It's, it's seamless on the iPhone, according to the source. The graphics are clear, unbelievably, unquote. Now, many of the articles that I read on this did gloss over that the Android devices they are switching over from uh, were the Galaxy Note from 2010. So yeah, no doubt the iPhone 6 is leaps and bounds ahead of it. Almost like, you know, it was five years ahead of it or something. Hey Rob, Jesse in Michigan. Uh, just reporting iOS 10 Beta 1. Had really good success with it, actually. Uh, it's a little buggy. You'll notice that in iMessages a little bit with some of the uh, art stuff they've added and drawings and so on. That sometimes after you send it, they disappear. And sometimes the screen uh, with the little blue arrow that pops up for you to send it seems to, like, go away at times, and you get confused on how to get back. I've also had one issue in the last few days since I've been running it where one time it actually was stuck in landscape mode on the, on the home screen uh, where I actually turned the phone, the uh, app drawer went into landscape mode, and I couldn't get it back to portrait without rebooting it. So that, that was interesting. I could actually lock it, unlock it, and initially it would show portrait, and then immediately it would switch back to landscape. So that was kind of odd. Wi-Fi, I heard a caller in episode 397 complain about work and going back home for Wi-Fi. The only time I've seen issues like that normally is if he's issuing the same IP address, range, in other words, through DHCP, where he's at 192.168.1 at work, and he goes home and it's 192.168.1. Sometimes with, uh, like you said, the proxy and the caching, some other things I've seen where at times that gets a little weird. And so what I've done is, um, if that's the case, you just change your range at home. So it issues a five dot address instead of one dot or what have you. Other than that, I, I like the new features. I'm a little, it's a little confusing why they had dark themed, like the alarm clock and some things, but yet some other things are, you know, like settings or other areas you might think you'd like dark. I haven't found a way to like turn on dark theme uh, as an example through some of the apps. It's just they pick and choose which ones they want to do that with, which I think would be nicer is if we could actually pick a dark theme for settings and so on and so forth if we so choose. Other than that, I have not messed with the notes. I heard that you can share notes now, I guess, with uh, people. 
Like you could share a grocery list with your wife and she could actually update it while you're out. I haven't played with that. I've, I've read about it somewhere. Uh, I'd like to know your feedback on that if you've played with the notes section. Other than that, I, I like a lot of the redesign um, on some of the areas. I think that's about it. It seems to be pretty decent, stable for sure for Beta 1. I was really, really surprised about that. But anyway, uh, I like it. I like some of the redesign they're doing on the GUI, and uh, I think we're coming along. And the notifications, by the way, are fantastic. So it's just having plain text. They've kind of ballooned it out on the notifications, and um, I think that looks way better um, than it has. So appreciate your show, and keep up the good work. Goodbye. Dusty, thanks for that feedback. I know you asked in there about NoTap on iOS 10 beta. I really haven't played around with it a lot. I mean, a little bit I did with some of the drawings, some of the other stuff that, that's in there, but I haven't played around with uh, trying to do, I guess what's the big feature is collaboration, so I haven't messed with that that much. Just a little bit with the drawing and, and some of the other features on the graphic sides with the notes, and, and I liked it. Uh, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm enjoying iOS 10 betas, I, I think they're very stable and will be interesting to see how many betas we go through before September comes around. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I know you don't discuss beta problems much, but many people are experiencing audio playback pausing when listening to audio playback. It seems that Siri is too sensitive and listening for Hey Siri command too well. When people speak in podcast, the S sound syllabus, the playback pauses the Siri sound and pauses and Siri waits for commands. Turning off the toggle for Hey Siri fixes this for now. Go to settings, Siri, and find this toggle. Regards, Fraser. And thank you, Fraser, for that because that answers Luis's question from earlier on. Hey, Rob, just wanted to give you my thoughts on a couple of things I wanted to start off by talking about Dev Beta 2. However, over the past week, I've gotten my iPad Pro 9.7 128 gig Wi-Fi only model silver. I purchased a brand new iPad Pro on Thursday, July 7th. The verdict, I love it. My son loves his iPad 2 and 3 and iPad Air 1 and iPad Air 2, as well as my iPad 4th gen. So we got a pretty good idea as to how the vast majority of the iPad generations perform. The iPad Air 2 was a big step up from the first Air iPad, so we didn't expect another big jump to the iPad Pro 9.7. However, we were pleasantly surprised by how beefy this edition was. It doesn't know the meaning of lag and doesn't get all that uh, hot. The color is beautiful and does a great job reproducing skin tones. In fact, both cameras blew me away. They take amazing night and low light pictures, bursting with colors and fine details. The color reproduction was so accurate that you could easily distinguish between different temperatures of white light. I found that it takes fantastic pics in fluorescent light without ending up making the pics look all greenish or purplish. For me, the camera is important, and I am happy to say the iPad Pro 9.7 delivered a better than expected result. iOS 10.0 developer beta 2. I installed this edition on the new iPad Pro 9.7 and it worked great for except for one little issue but it wasn't a big one for me. That was that the audio and video playback would just stop for no reason especially when I would be checking out your podcast. I couldn't stand for that so I downgraded 9.3.2 problem solved. 
well, go back to the last email I read from Fraser. Go in there and turn off HUI Siri, and uh, that should help you. Um, per iOS 10 Developer Beta 3, Dev Beta 3 improved on iOS Dev Beta 2 by delivering an even smoother performance compared to the length of time between Dev 1, Dev 2 betas, and Dev 3 beta came out, but it's only a week after the two came out. Anyway, that's it for me. I may try Dev Beta 3 on the new iPad, which, by the way, Shane, I would recommend. Uh, and finally, what is the deal with no flashlight shortcut on the iPad Pro 9.7? Have a great day, Shane. And Shane, I can't tell you why that's not there. Should be there. Maybe it'll be there in a future version. This week for a Kickstarter project is the capture case. Two words, spelled normally, both of them. Quote, enjoy beautifully exposed images and try high-speed photography all with the world's fastest and most powerful flash for iPhone. Unquote. This is a case for your iPhone that pumps up the flash beyond a 10, beyond an 11, to something like a 35. It gives your iPhone 6 or 6S a Xenon flash. Sorry, the case is not for the 6 Plus or 6S Plus. But they do say they will have an iPhone 7 version. This project has until August 18th to be funded, and they are about 30% of the way there, having raised 9.4K towards a goal of 32K. Pricing on this is 85 pounds. The other numbers I was giving were dollars. And they say they will be shipping them out in November 2016. Yeah, believe that when I see it. If you are interested in a spe- this special and powerful flash case for your iPhone 6 or 6S, or if you plan to get the 7, go to kickstarter.com and search for capture case, two words, and check this out. For all you Canva fans out there, and I know there are a bunch, Canva just announced the launch of their own iOS app. It is free, of course, and just search for Canva, C-A-N-V-A, and please send me in some artwork for the show with the TII branding on it that you've created in the Canva app. Send that artwork to todayinios at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to trying out this app as I'm a big fan of their web service already. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I wanted to share a unique experience I just had. I've had a nickel for every time someone said that to me. Um, with an iPad second gen running iOS 9.3, a coworker gave it to me a few months ago asking me to help him with it. He is now deceased neighbor gave him a second gen iPad before he died. He never logged off, causing the activation lock to kick in. I spoke with Apple a couple of times asking for help, explaining the previous owner is now deceased. I wasn't expecting them to help because of obvious security reasons, but I wanted to show my coworker it wasn't possible to bypass the activation lock. He then gave it to me saying he no longer had a use for it, and if I ever got it to work, I could keep it. I just shut it off and then left it in my closet for a few months. I was cleaning up my closet today and came across the iPad. I thought, what the heck, I'll turn it on. Much to my surprise, the activation lock was gone. Is there something with the A5 chip that flushes all the memory after being powered off for so long? I was quite baffled. Thanks for the show. Ashkash Josh. I have no idea. I've never heard of such a thing, but if you're able to get through and get on it now, congratulations, and that seems like a very strange bug. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Don't know where to start, but El Capitan 
10.11.6 and iOS 9.3.2 and 9.3.3 are hitting me left and right with so many bugs I need to call an exterminator. ASAP. Most of this has to do with garden variety syncing of iPhones and iPads today. One, three times today while syncing an iDevice, my iMac shut down and rebooted with its famous cord returning to the screen and I was working on not the usual login window. Two, none of my iDevices can make a successful App Store update. I'll hit the update button. It'll turn into the round spinning icon. Then after a few moments, return to the update win button again. Three, even though I have been updating apps in my iTunes app section, when I sync the iDevices, the apps are not updated. And then to see four, all syncing activity on iTunes seems to hang up around the photos stage. Many times today, I had to unplug and reboot the devices, shut down iTunes, and try to sync again. Very unusual behavior, and because it is across multiple devices, and because of the problems happening when the iDevices are plugged into the computer on LTE or on Wi-Fi, the problem has to be with Apple servers. Even so, my iMac and every iDevice are acting uncharacteristically weird. Days like this, I wish Steve Jobs were still around to kick some butt. Jeff in Burbank. Jeff, thanks for your feedback. And I want to remind people, if you don't like when things break, Jeff's warning there is a good reason for why you don't want to be doing any of the betas right now. Again, betas are for those of you that have a tolerance to things not working exactly right, especially the Mac OS beta, more so than even the iOS betas. My guess is a lot of the issues you're having, Jeff, are around the Mac OS and not so much the iOS side of things. Hi, Rob. When it comes to App Store updates and fixing bugs, look at the long, cute explanation from Amazon's explanation. Uh, it still doesn't say what actually was fixed. Uber and Lyft are doing the same thing. Why do devs assume customers don't want to know the science and technical details? Why so vague? Regards, Michael. And, well, Michael, I think it has to do with looking towards the future and not dwelling on the past. I mean, why bring up those specific old bugs and what exactly was wrong? Just know that bugs were squashed. Or at least I'm guessing that's their thought process. It could also be embarrassment about what those bugs were. Per the Amazon explanation in their app, um, they had this part. Quote, each bug fixed makes the for a better app on your phone. And better apps mean happier people. And happier people equals a better world. So I guess you could say that while you're going about your day today, we have developers working hard to make the world a better place. One bug fix at a time. Unquote. I mean, I guess that's the half full way of looking at it. Or you could spin it a different way, such as this. Quote, Our developers are helping clean up the mess they created in this world that caused lots of sadness, one bug at a time. Unquote. Because, well, yes, each bug causes sadness, and their devs were responsible for each of those bugs, right? You know that CBS is going to launch a new Star Trek series, right? I mean, come on, you have to know that. Well, it seems CBS and Netflix just signed a deal to bring the new Star Trek series to Netflix, Right away. Sort of, kind of. Because that deal does not include the U.S. or Canada. The new series will be out in early 2017 and will be available to Netflix 
outside of the U.S. and Canada. The deal also secures all 727 episodes of the past Star Trek series with Netflix. And yes, yes, I've seen every one of those episodes on every one of those seasons, including Voyager and the cartoon series. All of them. And did I mention I have a new dog? He's a French bulldog. We got him on Monday. And yes, of course, he is called Spock. As if. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, I wanted to ask your opinion on iOS 10 Beta 2. I wanted to learn how to code using Swift Playgrounds, but am a little hesitant to install a beta on my iPad Pro 12.9 256 gig model. Do you think it's worth it to do the upgrade? Please let me know what you think. Regards, Jonah. Hi, Jonah. If you want to learn to code, absolutely, positively do this. And today, or this week, uh, iOS 10 Beta 3 came out, so it is one more step closer to Goldmaster. I have not had a chance to really play around with the Beta 3. I just installed it. But again, if you want to learn to code, absolutely, you need to update to iOS 10.0 Beta 3 ASAP on your iPad and start playing around with Swift Playgrounds. Good luck with that, and, and I know you're going to enjoy it. I know my son enjoys it, and it, there really are great lessons that Apple put in there. To me, the number one most important update in all of iOS 10 is Swift Playgrounds for the iPad. By far, number one. Nothing else is even close. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, in my email box, it says I have one new email to read but there aren't any unread emails when I access the email box itself going into the inbox. Have you come across this? And if so, how did you fix it? Regards, Steve. Steve, if it's a Gmail account, I have had an issue like this before, and I had to go in and then inside Gmail mark all my emails as read. So if it's Gmail inbox, go into Gmail on a web browser, go into Gmail, and then flag all your emails as read in Gmail. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, I'm a voiceover user and was recently trying to move apps to folders on my small iPad Pro, something I have done for many years with a smart keyboard. In order to do this, I use a voiceover keyboard command, option, control, shift, and M to mark the app I wish to move. I go to the designated folder where I want the app to go and press the same combination of keystrokes I'm using a smart keyboard, but have used the keystrokes for a long time with great success. But recently, the keystrokes worked intermittently, and I went to Apple Store for help. We learned this keyboard problem was a known bug, not fixed in the current operating system, but perhaps it's fixed in the public beta. Do you know if this is true, or do any of your listeners know? Thanks for the great podcast. I wouldn't miss a show. Jan B. sent from her iPhone. And, or his wife, um, Jan, thanks for the email. And folks, if anyone can help Jan out, if you're a voiceover user and you are testing in beta 3, iOS 10 beta 3, or whatever the latest one is by the time you hear this, let us know if this problem is fixed. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Beam me up. Energizing. Beam me up. Please install the latest version of iCloud and try again. Beam me up. Sorry, Scotty has left the building. Beam me up. Where have I heard this before? Beam me up. Shoo that fly away first. 
Beam me up. Can I see your badge, please? Thanks again to Ring for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now for a limited time only. Go to ring.com slash TII. That's ring.com slash TII to save $50 off the Ring of Security Kit. Thanks, Ring, for sponsoring the show. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. I also want to do a little shout out here. If you have called to the show in the last two months and your voicemail hasn't been played on the show, let me know because I just switched voicemail numbers and there was an earlier voicemail where the person said they had called in with another feedback and I didn't get that. So if you have called into the show in the last two months and your voicemail hasn't been played on the show, because I've played them all now, email me today at, uh, at todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know that you've called in and not gotten through because I want to make sure I've got the right voicemail system. And if this current one isn't playing back the voicemail messages, let me know. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. That's todayinios.com slash community. Finally, check out the newly updated TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released, which you never know when that's going to be. It's also fully voiceover friendly, of course. Go right now and download the TII app. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 